0: BIRDS <laughs> CHIRP
1: Welcome, one welcome all to episode 217 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, February 24th, 2024. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And alongside the captain today, we are joined by the man behind Angry Centaur Gaming, ACG. Carrick will be helping us break down the news from this week, including the now revealed Xbox titles that are heading to other platforms. Phil Spencer providing further clarity on title exclusivity and its Helldivers versus Power World in a battle of ridiculous comparisons out there on the internet. <laughs> We hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing good. I got some coffee. We got some news. I'm excited to uh, to jump into the, some of the topics today and uh, just to get to know uh, know our guests a little bit better.
1: I think that's time to introduce uh, Carrick from ACG. Thank you for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you, and thank you for bringing back the old news. I forgot Angry Centaur Gaming. I haven't been that in a long time. Nothing wrong with calling me that, but it's been ACG for so long that when you said Angry Centaur Gaming, I was like, "Oh, I was that." Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time, man. Yeah, thank you very much for. I I appreciate you inviting me, and I've been very bad at getting everything planned. It's uh, it's it is early morning here, so it was like trying to get everything situated. I apologize that I've bowed out on you a couple times, but I'm glad no. to be here.
1: I'm honored and appreciative uh, of that. You were willing to spend your time with us this morning. Uh, I listened all the way back at any reason to our gaming. uh, Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah. I have, I have your, (laughs) you at a disadvantage because your voice means something to me. I always think, ah, maybe subscribe. And then, Oh yeah.
2: yeah, Oh yeah. Man. You know, man. Yeah. The number of people who are mad about me saying, ah, maybe subscribe is incredibly high. It is always funny to me. What triggers somebody during a review and I, I would subscribe if you didn't go, eh, maybe subscribe. Or like, just tell me to. <laughs> wow, we live in a weird world, man. Is... We live in a weird world. <laughs> Demand it from me. Demand my love or I won't give it to you.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, that, is, that is weird and wild. You've been on a content creation journey for a good while. You've amassed uh, over a million subscribers on YouTube, a great Twitter uh, following, though that's, I'm sure, changing as Twitter changes. But uh, quickly, like, t- talk to us a little bit about your journey.
2: Uh, I was doing reviews when I was uh, a prior job is getting paid really well. No, no thoughts of doing YouTube and then got laid off. And you always hear the story about like getting laid off is the best thing that ever happened to you. And I've met many a person and had to lay off many a person where that is not true. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, when I got laid off, I was like, oh no. And then I looked at the numbers that were happening on the channel when I was working. I was like, you know what? Maybe I can take a little bit of time and sort of see if this works out. And so took some of my retirement, just bought some equipment and was like, all right, I'll, I'll put a little bit more into it. And then lucky enough at the time, it just that's why Angry Centaur Gaming is a thing because that was a D&D name. It was, the, mm-hmm. it was a handle on a DD and d club where we played Dungeon Dragons. And it wasn't for gaming. It wasn't for like video games. And um, I just decided I'd give it a go and it worked. Luckily people liked this. St- and especially because no one was covering music, which was mm-hmm. weird. When Mm -hmm. I got into reviews, I got actually in because I was seeing people buy OSTs all the time, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't seeing anybody ever reviewing an OST in the game or talking about music in the game. They'd be like, oh, the music's classical. It's bombastic. And I was always really surprised by how little coverage we got. Or they'd talk about Troy Baker or something, but they wouldn't really talk about the voice and all that kind of stuff. So when I jumped into reviewing, I just decided to hit the gaps I saw, which was sound music and voice. Those were the big three that I I felt were like missing in coverage. And it's worked out great. It's been awesome. I have awesome fans, huge discord. That is, we play games every day, stream all kinds of stuff and do voice chat. I love it. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but a really good one.
1: That's so cool. I, I think about, uh, I see your, your, patreon which is doing incredible i see this channel which is doing incredible i look forward to the reviews i listened to the final fantasy review uh this morning i believe which was that was a long one
2: as in to to do it was a it was a ridiculous nda let me tell you that much
1: i can imagine i can imagine goodness Goodness gracious well we are appreciative to have you here this week thank you uh it's going to be a good time uh i think the we could jump right into xbox going multi-platform but i've actually enjoyed uh, a smaller topic this past week as hell divers 2 has gained uh some incredible momentum and a lot of attention as they had hit peak concurrent levels their servers were maxed out we've seen arrowhead who i'm a big fan of i really enjoyed the first hell divers uh working tire- tirelessly to get more people into the game They just launched a big patch over on their end to raise the server cap, get more players in. Now the server cap is at 700,000, up from 450,000. And this past weekend was the first time they went largely bug-free. Of course, bug in quotes there. Um, I think that's pretty cool to see their success. And I've seen also some comparisons to Power World, which I've found interesting. Logan, you had thoughts on this uh, when we were speaking privately throughout the week. The comparisons coming in between mm-hmm. engagement, sales numbers, uh, and player bases between Power World and Helldivers Divers Two.
0: Yeah, it was it was surprising to me that, and and I don't want to like I don't want to downplay uh, anyone's success, but it was really odd that of the of the two games that we've seen really good success for. The early part of this year, um, the the balance between console and PC is a little bit different now, and I'm, and I'm used to seeing you know like PC and Xbox usually have a pretty pretty comparable numbers when they're when you usually look at like a game spread, mm-hmm. you know PC is usually next to Xbox and Xbox usually has like fewer numbers, but not by a huge amount. It feels like uh, the marketing for Xbox and PC is kind of you know t- done its job. And letting people right. know where they can get the games, but I was looking at the uh, the, the the projections based on Helldivers two, and it looks like they're they're roughly around 460,000 players right now. But the concurrency on Steam suggests that a large portion of the people playing Helldivers two are actually on Steam,
1: mm-hmm.
0: leaving a very small gap for actual PlayStation players. And I thought that was interesting because it it seems like, of, of all the the praise and stuff that we have of Sony having like a really standout mar, uh, multiplayer experience right now, that the majority of that is actually being levied to the to the PC players right now. It seems it seems interesting that so many PC players are finding this game and and talking about it more than than the PlayStation people. And I just wonder if that's a cultural thing, uh, for PlayStation gamers, like they're not used to to multiplayer games or. Maybe they just have heard from their friends that they can't play, so they're holding off on buying it. But, you know, they just raised the server cap. I think um, people were, were speculating that it was going to be somewhere around 700000 to 900000 for the server cap. Mm-hmm. And I'd be really curious to see, you know, if Arrowhead ever releases numbers, um, what that split currently is between console and PC.
1: Carrick, have you noticed something similar? I mean, obviously our social spaces will dictate kind of what we see and don't see in Power World, Xbox exclusive, PC exclusive, uh, and in Helldivers, is very much a uh, a Helldiver's PlayStation type thing. But I'm curious, have you seen in social spaces conversations about this at all?
2: Yeah. um, So we do a poll for almost every big game. Of what pla- in the Discord. So, and in our patron, we do polls a lot for who's playing what and how they're doing mm-hmm. it. And I would say about 1% is PlayStation, mm-hmm. and about 99% is PC. um mm-hmm. Some were play PlayStation earlier. And then when it started crashing on the PlayStation, that's a big no no in my group, I would say, mm-hmm. with the people I know that consoles console crashes usually means an instant attempt at returning the game, depending mm-hmm. on the company. They allow that return. And a lot of people believe that PlayStation allows for more or sorry PC allows for more hacks or more ability to jump into an ini file and possibly adjust something or maybe you can you know massage it to get it to work and a lot of them are playing on PC for that reason or playing on PC to get the performance they want you know mm-hmm. they want to max it out with their video card mine i will admit a lot of uh, most of my discord is is patentedly incredibly unhappy with the game i would say about 90% are really unhappy with it Uh, it's a performance it's online this is a sony published title they should have there's a bunch of stuff that we could dive into but basically they consider it mostly a fail when it comes to their enjoyment of the game not the concurrent players but their own enjoyment because they've been kicked out so many times or they've been unable to play so many times and i think a lot of people what i'm hearing in social spaces isn't so much about the concurrent concurrent is really weird guys it's a very uncomfortable conversation Because concurrent starts to get into this weird thing where I've actually seen single player games, not hit high concurrent numbers and heard players say, well, maybe it's not worth it. And you're like, that's not even a rating. Mm -hmm. That's not even connected to anything. Like we're really, are we really at that level now where it's a popularity contest twice? It's not Mm -hmm. only the rating and it's not only, you know, what website you watch, but it's now also just a concurrent player, you know, Mm -hmm. number somewhere. So it's been a very interesting discussion between it's not only power world and that one. It's, it's now uh, last epoch has come up in the discussion mm-hmm. as well. And, um, and the server issues there. And I would say just because I'm a money focused review channel, as in mm-hmm. value focused, mm-hmm. m- the crowd I talked to is a little different and they are feeling they didn't get any value out of it. And so they're unhappy about that. They liked what they played when they had 30 minutes to play, mm-hmm. but they're at the point where so many games have come out with so many issues that there's this tipping point where now there's a lot of anger whenever anybody says concurrent or we're turning up to 700,000. You see a lot of people saying, why didn't you do that prior? Like, and Mm -hmm. especially when they knew, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could see wish lists and stuff. I mean, SEO, you know, SEO, you can go Mm -hmm. check SEO. Helldivers was anybody at a business would have looked and been like, we're going to do really well. So there's a lot of this back and forth, but it's, It's what I've seen is just a lot of people unhappy with the PlayStation version with crashes. That's Mm -hmm. the most, it's not the disconnects because I think we see that on online games on Mm -hmm. a console, but crashes are different guys. A crash on a console, an OS crash, like when you crash to the desktop on a console, if a console gamer hasn't experienced that before, and that game had a lot of crashes to desktop, even in our streams, there is a very weird thing that happens in consumers right now where they're like, I bought a console, so I didn't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I, I, I have a solid platform. So it's been a wide ranging discussion, I guess is what I'll say. It's ne- I haven't really been able to tie it down to one thing. It's been a lot of disconnect between those who like it and can play and mm-hmm. those who like it and can't, and those who their small experience was terrible. It's just been all over the place in discussion. It's been fascinating, but unfortunate, I guess, I would say a little bit. I'm
1: I'm fascinated to hear that your Discord was so adamantly and vehemently pulled back from their experience and enjoyment from it. Yeah. And the value focus could very much be a factor in that because in in my perspective, having not played Helldivers yet uh, and been somebody who was trying to work through and understand the Suicide Squad endgame and seeing them shoot themselves in the foot and the narrative yeah. around that helldivers was the goal it's like look at that it's doing so people all want in and then quietly and separately logan pointed out power world to me just cranking out cranking out uh successes and nobody giving it attention and so the attention of, of all of these experiences has been really interesting um logan you've been playing on playstation no you've been playing on pc helldivers yeah
0: yeah no i i love it i think i think the game's fantastic it's it's a great parody. It's, it's like one of the best, uh, like, democracy-filled uh, experiences. Like, it, yeah. it it invokes so many awesome—like, when you saw—when I saw Terminator 2 back in the day, and they mm-hmm. showed that small clip of the war of, against the machines, and it showed, like, the flood of Terminators marching through the night, shooting their red lasers as, as uh, you know, big, big um, flying— Uh, ships would would cross over and you know like they got tanks rolling over human skulls and stuff like that is is exactly like they snipped that little clip Mm -hmm. and they're like let's base an entire faction off of just this and also we'll throw atsts into it just for fun Mm -hmm. and that's just one half of the game but to to see like what they've done with it especially coming off the backs of like something that i loved which was magicka from them I thought that was yeah. a brilliant thing brilliant. um so very familiar with their games and, and friendly fire um they they have really captured like the essence of what I think a lot of Xbox fans were, were asking for when we we were looking at things like you know what would be a a, a Halo War Zone or a Halo uh, Battle Royale easy just take right. ODSTs throw them in drop pods and then boom you're you're all set to go like this captures a lot of that and maybe it's maybe it's the PC gamer in me that that's come from years and years of sitting in World of Warcraft queues or or playing unstable games in early access where they just crash and you just have to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. But it's it's surprising to me that there is, and and I really do think it is a cultural thing for PlayStation fans. Their 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 ex- expectations of what a, a PlayStation game is is so high, and it funny. It's funny because it always goes back to this image of my mind where xbox is like the buffet nintendo is the the uh the mobile um uh kind of like specialty uh food truck and then playstation Mm -hmm. is that top tier premium like prime rib you know like filet mignon experience at a restaurant like their expectations are so high for stuff that if anything doesn't doesn't like just work it's almost like that that experience. It's like, well, I paid a lot of money for this. It's like, okay, well, everyone else paid the same price for this game and they're okay with it. So, you know, it, it's, it's a smaller studio. It's much easier to have millions and millions of people uh, testing your game than it is to have a small team of, of um, you know, beta, uh, not beta testers. Um, QA. Oh, can, yeah, QA. Uh, you know, pulling out like the critical errors and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, you're always going to get the the worst experience at launch you're always going to get the worst experience at launch with any game it doesn't matter but with this the the amount of times that i've had fun and the amount of times that i've spent with other people has vastly outweighed not only just the cost of the game being at 40 dollars and and having a, a a battle pass in there that you can earn the currency for in game fairly easily that you don't necessarily have to spend actual money to do anything and even then you can still play through the game without really having any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, completely trumps like the issues that I've run into with it. I'll happily sit in queue. I've I've done that for years with PC games. It's not a big deal to me. Interesting.
2: I would never want to sit in queue. I don't either. And I think I'm done with it. Uh, the honest truth is uh, I think we've gone so long where things have improved in other aspects and the QA and the testing and all that stuff. Um, where one thing is that we need a certification and we need it quickly. We need a company that starts to do certification for true server testing. And Mm -hmm. I think that PlayStation owners may consider the game, you know, may consider themselves to sort of have a higher standard. But I think a crash to OS, even if I was on a a Switch, I would be mad. If I was on an Xbox, I would be mad. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if I really believe that completely because the number of people who have had crashes, for example, we had a stream... We had 15 people on our Discord, all of them streaming it, and it was 100% crashes on the PlayStation. Wow. And that was when it came out. And the idea that we sit in queues, I definitely believe that. I've gotten accustomed to sitting in queues, but in no way, shape, or form do I expect it or do I allow it? So Mm. the big thing I'm seeing now, too, is that um, we're in an industry where we're in the only media in the world that a person could technically buy their first console and have their first experience ever with the industry. It's mm-hmm. very easy for people to not be allowed to have a console as a kid. It's quite simple mm-hmm. and, and it may happen. And In fact, people on my discord are quite young and a lot of them are telling me this is the first you know, this is the first Assassin's Creed, for instance. So when I bitch about Assassin's Creed 27, being like Assassin's Creed 22 or whatever, they're like, I have no clue what you mean, because this is Assassin's Creed one for me. That's so a there's an issue for them. It's That's... a non-issue where books were given to them in school to read, where music is on around the world and movies. Games is the one industry and it requires interaction. It requires passive and active interaction. And I think a lot of gamers are accustomed to a cell phone and turning it on and Farmville works Mm -hmm. regardless if we like Farmville, but you get Mm -hmm. my drift. And I think that the expectation for a game to launch it, people like myself or like Logan, we're aging out. Mm-hmm. we're, we're actually becoming, we're still a big demographic, but every day my discord has a person who tells me literally, this is the first game I've played. I've gone to friends and they played Mario Kart and I've watched them, mm-hmm. or I played a little bit of this, but the interaction that really creates a game to a person, they may not have experienced. They may only be, you know, they may be a young age when they do that, but it's the only industry where that is. And if their interaction is not only a crash, but also the inability to return the game because Sony's returns are nefarious. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about the Sony return policy and how difficult it is. So there are all these issues that I think that even though I speak from an old standpoint of understanding, I also got to tell you guys, I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm no no longer telling a company, oh, it's okay if your game doesn't work. If my movie friggin' stopped two minutes into it and just Mm -hmm. stopped working... I can tell you some, you know, projector operator (laughs) yelling at, or if my Mm -hmm. book just was missing seven pages Mm -hmm. and they're not 60 bucks or 40 bucks or even 30 bucks, we're getting to a point where there's too much competition for us to continually make excuses. Gaming is not a charity. I'm not here to give them money.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I'm not here to do any of that. I'm not charity. I'm not lifting them up. It is a purchase. And I expect that purchase to work. And if they have an online component, and they think it's not going to work, it is on them to have an offline component. Last Epoch has that. If you are going to have an online component and you can't figure out how to do an offline one, and you are going to be susceptible to server issues, that is on you, and you should expect that the new consumers coming forward are going going to demand more. Because no matter how many times I tell somebody, hey man, I used to sit in queues for EverQuest, they're just gonna be like, I don't give a shit. Excuse my Mm -hmm. language. They're going to be like, I don't give a crap. If you sat in queues, I don't sit in queues. Why should I, I purchased this. It should work. When I buy a car, if the wheels fall off two days later and I can't use it, you can bet I'm going to complain about it. And what sucks about this is hell divers is a good game. That's yeah. what makes people matter. If this was a poor game, you would have people not having FOMO. And so that's what I'm seeing is a rise in the frustration it's not, I'm mad at Helldivers. It sucks. There, some are. It's, I'm mad at this entire situation. I paid money. Why is this not working? And how did we get to this point? And every time I try to bring up, just like Logan, you try to bring up, well, you know, this and this. They're like, dude, what are you making excuses for? The competition's out there. And there, there are times where you get online games that really run pretty smoothly day one. Power World had some bumps, for sure. A lot of people forget Power World had some, issues with servers but after a while it got up and running so i think the online offline component has to be looked at by all companies going forward i'm this off this lack of offline component is really bothersome to a lot of gamers
1: so a lot of questions came into my mind as you were talking. i'm curious does the early access label that comes with power world matter to you in this case they are selling it it is, it's 25 million copies sold and right. 10 million of those are on Xbox. Like, I was surprised to even see that. Uh, does that early access moniker change your expectations for it?
2: P- Price does and early access does. I'm really pretty sick of early access as well um, mm-hmm. because it, gaming is becoming a charity in a lot of weird ways where it's like, oh, buy three levels of our game. We'll give you 12 in two years. And I've seen enough Kickstarters and enough early access games disappear. Even by top tier publishers, you know, our top tier developers, we've had some. So I don't, I, I do think it definitely changes. And if they're very clear that they're early access, I'm okay with it unless you see those games, which we have seen where they appear to be early access, but you look at it and you can tell when you're playing it that they're very close to being done. And it's like the early access is you're paying to be a beta tester. And as a consumer, I do not believe in that. I didn't, I, I just like, that is not for me. It is not for me to say it is okay to be a beta tester. It's why you notice when you've heard me on other podcasts where I just don't really do early access reviews because I don't believe in it. It's not really a review. Early access is on, if you think about it, changing more often, usually. More patches, more adjustments. They say, we're looking for feedback. We're constantly adjusting the game. Well, you can't say that and then not constantly adjust the game, and they are. So the idea of buying into being a beta tester is not really something that I personally as a channel doing reviews support, but I will personally support them. So there are times where I will buy into one if I'm interested in it, but I also tell anybody getting to, or into early access, consider the money gone, consider it gone like almost any game, unless you have a return for it, but consider it gone because there is a chance that you may be in jump into a game and it just, you know, project zombie What are we at 14 years? Like, hmm. and it's still, it's still not, you know, version 1.0. So that's a, that's a bad example. Cause it's just, it's sort of known for that title, but yeah. And again, that's because I'm a consumer side style channel where final product is important. So early access is a little iffy for me when it comes to coverage, but when it comes as a person, it depends. I like the idea sometimes it just feels like it's be, a lot of them.
0: I think it'll be very interesting to see, uh, just how people approach um at least on on the nintendo side uh grounded when that gets launched because that was a game that came into xbox early access that's one where i know the devs were a small part of obsidian were passionate about this project they worked with the community for an entire year to not only get like a wish list going but also to test out a lot of the issues that they were running into and when they finally launched into a, a 1.0 version, it, it did really well for them. the yeah. The studio was was praised for how good it was. Um, and I don't think that that game would have survived had it not Without been it. for the people who were who are helping kind of test out that thing and and yeah. let them know these are the things that if you want this game to do well, we would like to see these features, these are these functions, these are the things that we're running up against that you may not have thought of because some teams genuinely just may not have the manpower to be able to address or or think outside the box of of what yeah. they usually they're perfect they because i see this with sea of thieves all the time they'll come out with a, a feature and their feature in their mind in the perfect world that the of, of gamers <laughs> yeah this is gonna be great it's gonna be fantastic mm-hmm. and then they put it into insiders they reach out to their partners and they're like what do you guys think about this so they're like <laughs> You've missed like so many loopholes in this yeah. gameplay. You missed the mark. <laughs> People are going to destroy this this mode when it comes out because they're going to abuse all of these things that you didn't think of, and it's and it's sometimes you just have to get a, a, an outside perspective uh, yeah. through testing to be able to even have that ability. So the the switch owners they're going to get the best version of the game because they've they've there's yeah. been you know over a year uh, year and a half's worth of of time i think at this point where they've been able to really kind of build up like what this game is going to be and, i mean i remember when the game didn't even have a campaign and they're just yeah. like yeah you just go out and you build and then you kill bugs and we'll, we'll think of the story <laughs> later and that's that's just it's it's interesting that that uh at, from a computer from come from, from a consumer ex- experience i can expect that if you're buying a, a game day one without a game previewed label, but there's still a lot of stuff that you are butting your head up against, I can appreciate wanting to take your money and invest it in somewhere where the team has tried to put more love and care into the final product as opposed to patch it when it gets out. As long as we can get it out, we'll we'll have some return to be able to fund this for a little bit longer. But that's a that's a very sharp edge to walk for a lot of studios if it doesn't do well at launch because you're you're expecting a lot of people to jump in and get that analytics back to be able to address major issues your game could die on the vine and yeah. and there's there's they i think they understand that we just saw that uh, Squad. oh sorry less than a thousand Ooh. foam stars <laughs> <laughs>
1: But but yeah, Suicide Squad. They WB execs just came out and said that basically that the oh. game missed the mark, disappointed. They have two patches in. They've broken their game, so people mm. can't get in, which is a, a shame. And like the whole premise in their minds when they launch, it's season zero. Season one launches with the Joker in March. Oh, they'll have all this time to work out. Yeah. But by now, the decisions have been made. The reviews are done. The the the, the mind the the group think mentality has been decided so their their live service is already it's already done it doesn't matter how good season one is i don't think they'll get back the potential masses they would have had
2: you Same know thing so, with well, Skull can and i Bones. ask you guys a question Skull real quick Bones, yeah. have you guys have you guys felt i don't know if this is i don't know if this is true or not but as a reviewer one thing i've felt recently with all these games that are coming in early access plus you have betas and you, you know um is that the PR cycle, the excitement cycle gets a, uh, a smaller, it's tangible, but a smaller bump when a game goes to 1.0, unless it's like last epoch or something, I think those games have, they're a little bit different, but mm-hmm. overall, what's been bothersome to me is I want a game to do well that let's say is an early access, mm-hmm. but when it gets launched, it's up against four AAA titles and mm-hmm. no one's talking about it. And I, I do a lot of developer interviews or I have a lot of developer friends that I contact. I'm like, how's the game doing? They're like, dude. Maybe we should have done it six months ago. Maybe mm-hmm. we should have done it a different time when Spider-Man 2 wasn't releasing. Maybe, you know, and there's so many games coming out that one thing about early access that bothers me a little bit is, is, is just, or doesn't bother me, but it, it makes me nervous is all the work I do want them to do and all the good points Logan had. Also, by the time they go live, you see, you know, Grounded maybe that worked, but that was also Microsoft and there's some money there, tiny bit of money that's different. Mm-hmm. And you get these other companies that maybe they do the work and they try to get the PR for their 1.0, but they're up against (laughs) what is the most ridiculous two years of post, you know, at home isolation bubble bursting Mm -hmm. that I, that we've ever seen. And I, I do worry about that because obviously there are some great games that are in that position. And I try to shine light on them when we see them, like like we're going to talk about some indies. But at the same time, you're like, damn, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many titles. It's hard unless it's bad news or amazing news to get talked about. And that I think a lot of developers are facing as a difficulty.
1: I don't think it matters even if it's early access, indie, AAA. Re- I think the release date is everything. What's around it? We often champion Immortals of Avium, which mixed reception but we we felt really high on that one a lot of our discord did too but that game came out and then it was was it starfield and i'm
0: no it was it was uh sea stars armored core and starfield all right around the launch of immortals of avium and it's like how do you yeah how
1: do you compete with that
0: it's a new ip how do you deal with that right right
1: it's and then like go back as far as i'm looking over my shoulder on the camera but like titanfall Nestled in between COD and Battlefield. Release date is just so crucial.
2: Can I give you the best example that I've found so far? Because we track this every Friday on our podcast. Uh, sure. The Horizon series. Oh, good example. <laughs> Do you guys know what's going on with the port? Have you guys checked the date of the new PC port? Uh-uh. uh No. Go check what releases near Forbidden West and tell me that the devs at Horizon aren't running around trying to figure out how they have the worst luck known to man it See is holy oh, are they releasing
0: is, zelda on <laughs> pc <laughs> right next it to it is
2: uh you got rise of the ronin dragon's dogma
0: oh Ooh. Well, those it are like is, the same day too uh
2: yeah, those are the same day logan can you believe mm-hmm. that and here's the thing yeah. guys i don't know about you i would be 100 okay if a dev says listen just like balder's gate did just like mm-hmm. starfield move i mm-hmm. i champion horizon i want them to move that game because i like the horizon games i mm-hmm. like them a lot i think that you offer a unique world maybe not the best gameplay all the time but a unique world move mm-hmm. your damn date get away from zeldas get away i mean dragon's dogma <laughs> has turned into a heavy hitter no one expected dragon's Dogma was the cult classic it was like the you know girl the girl with the glasses she took them off she's suddenly pretty right. like a 1980s movie and you're like whoa it's become such a big deal that I'm so stressed because I want Forbidden West to do fantastic. I want Horizon to see success, mm-hmm. and Rise of the Ronin, same. It's the same day, guys. And it's... I
1: think Princess Peach Showtime is going to be big for Nintendo <laughs> people, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the two days before that is Alone in the Dark, which moved and quite literally to get out of the way.
2: Purpose, my friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. It's, it's, uh, I want to, I want, uh, I know we got to get moving on here, but there's one that I think it worked out so well for the games that they did launch at the same time back in 2020 on March doom. Uh, 19th, doom and yeah. animal crossing for whatever reason, those two games, just like they hit at the right time for everyone to be like, you know,
2: what? I'll I'm going to get both. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure both. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going
0: to be stuck in my house for a couple of weeks. Fine. I got that two was- good games that was
1: i think the most far the furthest outlier that ha- as a result of the pandemic we were just then like right within a month the whole country had shut down they were like could we go to stores to get this like we, there was yeah. really <laughs> that genuine real question because it was so early on i think that's a big factor there <sighs> yep Oof. Well, we've mentioned grounded on uh, Nintendo Switch. We've talked about a little bit or alluded to multi platform and release dates. Um, That's going to be our next big topic. But before we get to that, I do think it's important we read our uh, Patreon members, give our Patreon pitch, and thank them for being so supportive to us by going to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. We do our community episode at the end of every month. That February community episode is coming up. So if you're interested in joining us on that one, remember you need to be an active patron for that uh logan every week we like to read our tier two and three shout outs uh for members of our patreon would you mind reading those this week
0: yeah love to thank you to our tier two and tier three shout outs as always we love you in the discord you guys are fantastic mm-hmm. and anyone joining you're always welcome uh so shout out to chris one h one d nicholas johnson ellery woods parker the third nicholas downey rob Frawley the second Tao zochi Xbox Skittle, Matto sixteen oh six, Randall Thor nineteen, Silkenit, Rick Gaffney, African A.K.A. Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jampack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime thirty three, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike twenty nine, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers A.K.A. the Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano twelve. Thank you so much for your love, for your support and your conversation that you bring to XEP. It is very much appreciated.
1: And if anybody hasn't checked out our last bit of housekeeping there, we just put up an interview with uh, an indie developer for Hex Gambit Respond. Uh, My audio was still a little bit irked on that one. I was kind of bummed with that, but it was really cool to hear about how Epic's Mega Grant uh, pushed him uh, through to getting his game to launch, which comes out, I believe, a week from now. Yeah, super cool to hear about that. Um, Logan just put up his Banishers review uh, two weeks ago, and he's got a controller review for the Turtle Beach. Is it Stealth, Stealth Ultra? Ultra, Stealth. Yeah, Ultra. yeah, yeah. He's just been messing working up. on that one. So very cool there. Um, we've been playing Skull and Bones, but I don't know if we'll talk about that. One. We'll see, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, this past week. We got clarity on which four games Xbox and Microsoft proper would be bringing to other platforms. As expected, they were announced to be Pentiment, Grounded, Hi-Fi Rush, and Sea of Thieves. Uh, The internet was ablaze with conversations, opinions, some touting the absolute end of Xbox the moment Pentiment hit Nintendo Switch. Uh, Others celebrating the fact that more people will get to play these games. And bring in in uh, user bases to games like Grounded and Sea of Thieves. Uh, I had a pretty lukewarm response. I wasn't I didn't find it to be the death of Xbox in any way shape or form. Uh, nor was I overly thrilled or or whatnot. I'm excited because I love Sea of Thieves and I like more people on the seas. Grounded to me makes perfect sense. I'm excited for Nintendo to quite appropriately get their hands on that in April uh pentiment launched with the nintendo direct on the 22nd so that launched kind of like right when they said it would um and hi-fi rush one of the games that i think is an absolute gem of 2023 yeah oh man 2023 was packed uh 2023 now available to or sorry will be available to playstation 5 owners in march and suspected to be switched to owners once that game or that system launches also physical copies for that too either way I found it to be a fascinating journey to, to kind of watch this news roll out to people. Logan, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Steven Totillo was on our show talking about Sea of Thieves. We had a great conversation. Your game, the game that you've been making content for since beta, is now out. Or sorry, sorry is going to be out on PS5. Is now going to be uh, very clearly picked up by a whole new user base. How are you feeling?
0: I think it's cool i i think they're gonna have a really good time with it um it's going to be very interesting because coming from my background i know that there are a lot of bugs with sea of thieves like rare is a is a fantastic studio but they're not a they're not a studio that that is able to really overcome a lot of the issues that they've had making this game over the last six years Um, or at least that since it's been launched, I mean it's been in production. You know, it's been since like 2015. I think at this point they're closing in on like 10 years of working on this title. Um, and hearing the discussion that that Carrick has brought up as far as like Hell Divers two, I'm a little concerned that there is going to be dissent, not only because it's a Microsoft game but also because i know that there are going to be issues with people getting in and finding weird stuff having weird bugs so i know it's a great game i know i have a lot of fun with it and i know i love sailing around and, and having a good it's community weekend right now i'm missing uh double xp right now for for all my reputations and golden so stuff i'm sorry um no it's, it's thanks for it's,
2: taking the hit man
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's sailing right now and i'm sitting sitting doing podcasts all day and it's and it was like just my mind i'll make up for it tomorrow um i'd rather be here right now and having them having them have access to this i think will be very interesting to see what their perspective is on it coming from a game that's been out for six years it's had tons and tons of content updates it won't have the this game's got good bones, but it's lacking in content uh, at launch reviews. But I know that there's going to be a a subsection of the community that are going to look at this and be like, it's an Xbox game and it's got bugs. Let's make fun of it. And part of my concern is, is that they might go after the devs for that, which I would hate because I already see that dissent in the community from other people. Mm-hmm. But it's it's gonna be something that I think a lot of people are gonna drop skull and bones for because I, I just think that the game looks beautiful. I think the game looks way better. It is super weird seeing it on the PlayStation store though. Uh, but this is their first first game on a PlayStation. Rare has never published anything for mm. Sony, and it's really like a landmark experience for them. As someone who mm. started on Nintendo, got bought up by Xbox, and has just been an exclusive system. For, for you know, for one or two console manufacturers for this whole time, them getting an opportunity to do something for PlayStation because of you know them working on Unreal engine is is fascinating.
1: Kerrick, how about you man? what what took you took uh, what took your eye coming out out of this past week? Uh,
2: so those were the uh, those were the games that we guessed a couple uh, well, yeah, uh, let me let me change that uh, on the podcast that's public. Those are the ones that that were sort of uh, discussed. And um, I think that he's I think Logan hits on something that is actually unfortunately true, which you do have the console people uh, who are going to be very shocked. And this is something Phil Spencer sort of hinted at where he said, we don't know how Xbox games in the interview after the podcast, he said, we don't know how Xbox game branded games will sell somewhere else or rare Mm -hmm. games will sell somewhere else. So we're sort of testing these. I think they're very good, very good tests. Mm-hmm. Very good titles. First of all, Hi-Fi Rush, very good title. I think that one just sort of fits. Pentiment fits. Pentamint's such a weird game. I rated it as not for me, but obviously very good. You know, it's mm-hmm. like one of those games that's it's like, it, if you like this kind of game, this is for you. Sea of Thieves, um, I am one of the initial launch where I was just like, this game, there's nothing in this friggin' game. And they've done mm-hmm. such a great job improving it and such a great job putting stuff in. But a little like, you know, a toad in boiling water, a lot of people ha- are so happy if you played a long-term game that's getting stuff that Logan's got his eyes open where he's like, there are still some bugs where some people just be like, "Sea of thieves is amazing. And you're like, mm-hmm. mm, eh, there is still some stuff there that a newcomer will notice mm-hmm. and, uh, initially, just what I was talking about at the starting newcomers have a different, you know, there is a different mentality of what they're getting. I think sea of thieves is great. I think it's a graphical, a good, also a, a good, uh, it's just different graphically. And I think Mm -hmm. that that kind of stuff also matters artistically. It's gorgeous. It's got that weird look to it. It's got the water, which I think is fantastic, Mm -hmm. which we all talk about. And it's got some good, some good team up gameplay. I'm overall about where you are, where I'm not ambivalent, but there was no surprises just for some other reasons where it's like, this this is why I was sort of quiet when there were some other rumors. Somebody even DM'd me, it's fable. They were like, fables coming start. And I was like, uh, no, it's, what are we talking about here? What, Mm -hmm. why, where are all these weird rumors coming from? So to be locked down to these four is actually a smart decision on their part. Mm -hmm. It didn't really shock me. Uh, I wasn't shocked when PC got its first Sony game and PlayStation owners were like, I'm selling my Sony. I'm selling my PlayStation. You know, they're, they're like, they're now multi-platform, blah, blah, blah. People be like, Oh, Xbox does PC as well. You know, they have no exclusives it's it's a changing world guys and in the last three weeks alone look at what namco square nintendo sony microsoft have all stated massive sweeping changes to the industry go look at some of the things these square finally admitted they don't make the greatest games sometimes they're like we're gonna actually make some quality games and extend our development namco said the same thing microsoft is making a change sony's more aggressive on pc i'm open to it but i do understand what an Xbox fan may think. I also believe that Microsoft was pretty clear that they're looking at games that have established some kind of crowd on mm-hmm. their platform and perhaps is not growing, you know, anymore. And mm-hmm. I actually think that's just actually smart business. Personally, I actually, when I look at it, I'm like that actually checks out if you want it to still make money and you're not growing and you can either make more from your current crowd or you can possibly... Uh, put it on another system. But here's the coolest thing about this, guys. It's not just that it's going to PlayStation. It's that even in my Discord, we had multiple people well over, we're a smaller Discord. We only have like 1,500. But at, around there, I would say 75% of the people who play on Xbox are jumping back on to play with PlayStation people. Exactly. So there is a there is this knock-on effect that a lot of people are more interested in what's going to happen over here and not realizing there's some excitement over here which is what logan was bringing up and that's very cool to me
1: that is th- that could not be better said because that is what makes me so excited about seeing sea of thieves hit a bigger audience suddenly it's like oh yes first fresh meat for those of us that are pirate veterans uh excited for that one. Like, <laughs> I got let's you. go i
2: didn't think about that yeah
1: but also like it, the idea that halo could hit another user base doesn't matter. I, I don't know, I mean like PlayStation, but I just mean the brand. Hey, I love halo. My love for halo outdoes my love for Xbox. My love for gears outdoes my love for Xbox. My love for the experience of playing the game outdoes which console I'm on. And so as the time goes on, I mean, in our next generation, I think we'll have hardware, but the one after that, we're likely to just log in, at least in my mind, like yeah. you know, and so I, I I want those brands to be okay. And if Sea of Thieves gets new life, gets an in, a shot in the arm, a new player base, new income, I think that that opens the door for a whole lot more Sea of Thieves for me yeah. to play. And that's a really cool thing. And I don't see a world soon where Halo's launching onto to to PlayStation or you whatnot. But truly this to me feels like a net win because we've seen the finances of, of PlayStation giving lower and lower returns. We're yeah. seeing all these brands that you had just mentioned, recognizing that the industry cannot sustain itself in the way that it was going. And in this unique way, Xbox feels very much ahead of the curve. And Logan and I often talk Carrick, Car- uh, that, that being ahead of the curve is not always good, right? Xbox uh, one,
2: correct. Xbox approach, one et- and and you guys know this, if you look at Xbox One's initial overall check marks that they had for that launch, they've all mm-hmm. actually come true. Some Absolutely. of them came true on the PlayStation prior to Xbox ecosystems, which is also more interesting when you think
1: about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being first isn't always the best way, but I do like <laughs> that this positions Microsoft for, I think, a stronger future going forward, without a doubt. And Stephen Totillo talked to, to Phil Spencer and talked about how console growth overall has just slowed for yeah. Xbox. Uh, I think that's really interesting. The comments about physical games have also been interesting because with Pentiment comes the news that limited run is going to be making physical copies of the game for Xbox, PlayStation and Switch. But like that's such a small demand, which makes sense that limited run would be handling it versus kind of seeing it in Target, mm-hmm. which like Target's a good example. Didn't they remove like massive amounts of copies of Starfield?
2: Yeah. Can I point one? I I don't know how you, long you guys go. Can I point out why that shouldn't surprise people though? Real Please. Quick? Yeah. Microsoft has a big tendency to go OEM. WMR is one of the biggest cases where they didn't make the hardware. They created the software for WMR. They supported it. And then Lenovo and HP made the hardware. This mm-hmm. is the same thing with physical. If they can limited runs, not the only one who could do physical copies. I could certainly see Microsoft and Sony and whatever, just saying, you know, we may be going somewhat away from physical ourselves but if you want a boutique website and mm-hmm. buy a heart buy these like limited run, limited runs been doing i think that is sort of what's going to happen in the future almost mm-hmm. like a almost like 3d printing kind of thing but for a game where you just you know you're if you want that physical copy you don't go to walmart you don't maybe, and maybe Amazon has a, a, a small number that limited run puts in their warehouse, but it, Mm -hmm. it, I think it makes sense for them to do it. Um, I do like the, 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 the continuation of physical. I don't know if you guys see this very often, but I'm a little nervous about those games where it's an executable and you put the disc in and it's like going to the internet to download your game. And you're like, Oh Mm -hmm. my God. So that's the the one thing I do worry about in the future. Yeah it's that
1: mindset that logan and i tend to butt heads on as far as like an xbox handheld because microsoft is fine letting others do the work on xyz that that mentality yep. and that's why i'm like well the Rog ally and and the steam deck are doing these things i don't anticipate and the, the
2: legion all mm-hmm. of those are are def the oem sector is huge for microsoft and it's actually not going to stop it's going to grow larger
1: mm-hmm. logan uh i don't did you have any thoughts on the physical element of that or anything kind of related to Phil Spencer's comments?
0: I I think that's normal. I'm fine. If, if, if physical's going to go away or go away, then I'm, I'm totally fine with that. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I got enough junk in my room to not have to <laughs> care about it. Um, it always comes back down to what is it that physical promises that people are concerned about more than the physical. And I think that's ownership rights. Um, I think if you own the rights to the game and you can play that when you want, as long as the company is supporting like online servers for for multiplayer games, I don't think people will care. It's just like um, how Apple approached, uh, uh, you know, stealing music back in the early 2000s, you know, give people a, a place to obtain it and have access to it on on demand wherever they want and they won't have to pirate it um same thing here i just i, I think that people people want to have something that's more tangible and and physical used to be the tangible i think now uh and and, and i'm gonna keep pushing it uh, legislation to change how ownership rights work for digital media is the thing that's going to be the new tangible
1: hmm.
0: interesting um, I realized that in kind of moving us into the physical
1: conversation, I neglected to ask, do we anticipate more Xbox titles going multi-platform in the future, whether we're thinking something older, like the Master Chief Collection or something yet to come like Blade or somewhere in between like Indiana Jones and Starfield when the time for that arrives, do we anticipate this happening more in the future? Yeah.
0: Or, yeah and or... I would, I would expect studios like, um, Undead Labs to maybe be the next one.
2: State of Decay? State mm-hmm. of Decay
0: two or three?
2: Well, three, I but see, in yeah in the ten years from now when it actually releases. Who knows if they'll even be platforms by the time that game comes out? Yeah. I would agree. Undead labs is a good example.
0: Mm-hmm. I would you, also I don't, Oh go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna ask you actually, do you see uh do you guys see them going? I don't see them going for the big titles that a lot of people are actually seeing. In fact, I see Microsoft testing to see if they can make money and then continue to bolster their own big titles with that money before Mm -hmm. they do jump into the big titles. Like those, you know, a sea of thieves is a pretty safe title to move, Mm -hmm. I think. And Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush fit the switch. And I think this is also confirmation switch to is backwards compatible. Unless Microsoft is the worst business dealing company in the universe, and they decided to release it in the last year of the switch, which I just don't think is probably what's happening. But, um... I don't know what you guys think about this, but I'm just—I uh, assume it'll be the middle titles, like like Logan said. State of Decay Three is a perfect example of a game that it that fits perfectly with in my brain. The double A, but still owned by a triple A, you know, by Microsoft, like a double A company, you know, and those side titles versus a Halo or a Gears, at least so far. That's that's just my thought.
0: Logan, I would you? Yeah i would i would agree on those points the only thing i would say uh and and i i think that the switch 2 is going to be backwards compatible personally i think they've they've even kind of hinted at that but if i were microsoft and i wanted to to release a title on another platform uh throwing it on a on a uh console that has over one hundred and fifteen or 130 i i I had no clue at this point it's so high i don't care what the actual (laughs) number is yeah uh i would i would say like yeah you know if if they did release it in the last year before people had a a new switch to worry about then i'd say hey man that's the biggest pool you could possibly toss it into uh to see if it sink or swims
1: and i so sincerely think hi-fi rush is a launch title for switch Two like gotta be right gotta be um i love the idea of the middle titles and i think about the, the middle—it's so strange to think about Xbox in general, right? Because with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, and then prior to that, Bethesda, they've already got so many multi-platform games that it bolsters their business. So when we talk about Xbox games, for, we do not associate Diablo, Warcraft, Call yeah. of Duty, and those are all in multiple places. Uh, in fact, it is Diablo that's coming to Xbox to more Xbox fans by way of Game Pass in March. COD can't be far behind uh, for the older titles, rolling out the backward compatibility stuff. Hearing Phil Spencer commit to keeping that alive was awesome. But, you know, the these are perfect candidates. These four are great to go other places, test markets, figure out if having Microsoft or Xbox Game Studios launchers or uh, logins or whatnot. Minecraft has it. Some games do, some don't. Pentiment mm-hmm. won't have it. Really interesting to see. But I do not anticipate Gears, Halo, Forza, going to those places if it is forza is it motorsport or horizon which one's going to be mm-hmm. talk to the i you know like does sony you- say no to her to motorsport yes to horizon i don't know um i do hope that what this does is demonstrate to other major companies that it's okay to put your stuff in other places because if, if playstation is examining their returns their markets putting things onto pc would they consider the old spider-man going to switch to or going to an xbox i i doubt it but will they examine it oftentimes we see big companies take the wrong lesson you know um and i maybe this is too far of a stretch but the wrong lesson my fear with suicide squad is that wb's lesson is that people don't want dc games when it's really like no 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 we just don't want you to take and put into a live service what doesn't need to be live service so i'm curious uh, if PlayStation or Nintendo or even Xbox themselves will get the right lessons out of going multi-platform, in some cases,
0: Thoughts? hopefully they will. I, I, I would, I would say that for them to take some of their other titles, uh, and and put them out there, I think is only going to be a boon for for everyone. Um, it, it's it's always really tough to kind of decide like if these things are are going to work out or not, but I think Xbox's approach is is fairly safe i i would i would would not be surprised if things like state of decay Redfall, battletoads like those are the ones that i would say like take those and and let those go like battletoads on switch is like a perfect example of like okay now that we've got um grounded and uh i'm just i just blanked on it where's my notes I see a
2: thieves pentiment
0: high five right? uh let's see grounded and pentiment um for switch like battletoads would be perfect right um state of decay for hi-fi russian sea thieves on playstation perfect example throw horizon in there i think a lot of people would like to have a more arcadey racer than than uh, what Gran turismo is offering
1: and don't don't sleep on crew motor fest playstation fans it's a fun game yeah um, I,
2: the first ones weren't great but this last one is very good it
1: was right yeah caught, i was i mean crew by two
2: it. you couldn't create a crew i That's mean true that was a miss that, that was, was a weird. pretty big mess can we also yep. point out too that every single generation uh, there's been two consoles that hate each other and usually a third that is the corded sort of middle ground and i think mm-hmm. that sony and playstation uh, or, or sony and microsoft both look at nintendo as the person they can tell secrets to in a, in a in a triangle of friends mm-hmm. and i do think that microsoft in particular and maybe sony as well though sony has a history with nintendo I do think that there is a higher chance of some of these hitting the switch, not only because and switch too, because of the possible huge user base, as mm-hmm. well as a differing mentality. Yes. There's a different mentality amongst gamers towards switch as a competitor than there is towards co- the other uh, box at your house that doesn't go in your pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Very good point. I mean, how many times did people look at grounded and see of Thieves art styles and say that looks like a Nintendo
2: game? Every time, man, every time it was always. And there was a lot of people on Nintendo's uh, platforms asking for it who actually mm-hmm. wanted, who were like, that is exactly the kind of m- multiplayer little title I want on my, on my portable that, mm-hmm. that fits. That's why I think Logan hit the nail, uh, the nail perfectly with like a Forza Verizon as you, as did you, I think if there's a racing game or whatever, instead of Sony saying, Hey, compete with us when I think we just saw some numbers today about GT, and how well it did, they were getting, they were, they're almost as high as the highest other game of the other Mm -hmm. GT game, this newest one. I could see a Forza Horizon not competing in that same form and them being more okay with that possibility than maybe a Forza Motorsport, which is closer to 100% direct competitor.
1: It is. However, I still feel like Motorsport somehow fell flat. I don't, I just feel like it launched to feature incomplete or, or feature light. Um, which which bothers me you you guys mentioned Redfall a moment ago and I'm thinking back to my experiences with that game particularly post patch when we got 60 frames I could see a world where potentially this game goes to PlayStation down the road when content's in there and finds a new that finds a shot in the arm and maybe finds not not the success they ever wanted but finds a user base a player base that maybe they didn't because the loop necessarily I don't think was terrible but there was just so many broken elements, clearly uh, incomplete in any every way. I wonder if that is a possibility that we see for a game like Redfall that gets new life versus Sea of Thieves, which is just extending a successful run.
0: I definitely think it's Possible. a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, too, too much of a stretch, though? No. You both sound doubtful. That's why I, I
2: am doubtful. Go ahead, Logan.
0: Well, no, I just I think that I think that Redfall is in a good place uh, tech wise. I just think that there are still fundamental issues with the game design, um, particularly around boss battles, mm. that I think are are shortcomings of of the the actual potential for that game. Uh, I think that the atmosphere and the characters are great. I think the the gameplay is really found a a, a good a good balance between enemies and uh time that you're just kind of running around from place to place i think that there's still ui issues that they have as far as like navigation and and how to uh get about the world um not to mention the fact that there's just a second half to that game that most people probably don't even know about Mm -hmm. and the i I think them coming to like playstation will give that game new life but it's Redfall on playstation in october you know what i mean like Yeah, i think that would be a really good thing to do i think if you released the two characters that were promised with the bite back edition and one of them is like a blade Mm. then i think you would have a lot more interest it's like hey y'all wanted blade here's blade and it's on redfall (laughs) all
1: right carrick you you were of the differing opinion did we did he sway you
2: at all he did a little bit but i think that if i were to just step back and look at the entire industry and the different games that compare to it. I think that Suicide Squad and Redfall both share some common huge failures. Mm-hmm. And that those failures are burned into the minds of gamers so much that the mm-hmm. idea to jump in to possibly enjoy it is up against so many new games and so many games that are that that you don't have to beat your head against a wall to get to like let's say what logan was sort of hinting out which is the later parts of a certain game mm-hmm. and there's a difficulty there um with redfall in particular because it missed so dramatically mm-hmm. it, 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 it it missed in some fundamentals and in the same way suicide squad has some great parts some mm-hmm. there are some good parts to suicide squad it misses some of those fundamentals and i think sometimes there are just games that aren't no man's sky you know everybody loves to be like no man's sky you know Rebuilt itself. No Man's Sky is a procedural-based game using a super formula that that they created, and if you know, I, we talk about the tech on that quite often. It allows for iterations quite differently than normal titles do, which is why you hear that title in you know, adjusting and changing so dramatically. They can't all be that. I think it's okay to say Redfall missed the mark, mm-hmm. and I also agree it would be a great ad to see but they're at like, I don't know what, see, I hate talking about concurrent. I almost, it's almost a dirty word because that's not always a a sign of quality, but I just don't know if there's enough juice in it at all to get a swell of people interested in it. If you said, and by the way, Microsoft has this same issue, guys. Microsoft is screwing up some stuff too, just on their own. I don't know if you guys have been seeing them randomly add games to Game Pass and not tell anybody. Remnant 2 came out and they forgot to tell everybody and then Dead Island 2 came out. And mm-hmm. you have to tell people, and then they have to be interested. And telling people about Redfall is different than interest in Redfall. I just mm. don't know. I just don't know if you can get people interested in Redfall. It it might just be done. Redfall 2, maybe? I, I, I don't yeah. want them to do it. I'm wondering if argue.
0: The i wonder if if stuff like the 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 games coming to game pass i wonder if that's something that's tied into the deals that they make with those studios like did they factor in marketing into that deal when they said that they were going to be bringing dead dead island Two to uh game pass um because I, I remember seeing like news about it but i just i wonder like If that's a factor and why some things come in, but they don't get mentioned as much.
2: Well, and Logan, don't you also think that at some point Phil needs to wink because it's, it's looks like mistakes beyond good and evil was also leaked on accident by Ubisoft or Microsoft, the anniversary edition that's coming out Mm is leaked five months prior to when it was coming out. At some point, Phil needs to wink at the camera so that we don't think it's mistakes and it looks lackluster. And that Mm -hmm. is actually coming up. That is actually something I saw right away. Like, oh my God, again. Remnant, this, that, like, are these guys, who's the network guy who's tweeting? Like, what's going on? Why is he not? Mm -hmm. Why did they do it? And I got to tell you guys, I don't know about you, that the companies themselves aren't tweeting it. That seems odd. That's Mm -hmm. why I think it it might be a mistake because we didn't see Dead Island celebrate their own game pass. We didn't see Remnant 2. It took Remnant 2's developers like, or public, you know, their PR, like 12 to 16 hours to acknowledge that. A, a, one of the most tremendous multiplayer games of the year was on game pass. That remnant two is amazing. That game mm-hmm. is legit. I would be crowing and I would pay a, tw- a, a somebody to tweet it. Yeah. I mean, I would like Phil to come out and just be like, wink, keep your eye on Twitter or something so that we don't look at it as a, God, you guys can't even get your damn tweets. Right. Like that. And that's a thing that is a, that is a front facing, you know, PRs, situation that they'll face if it continues to happen and you you got to celebrate your good because they need to celebrate as much good as possible and
1: no that's a good point i feel like often when i watch game pass and and social spaces it feels like left hand doesn't know what right hand is doing perfect and exactly yeah too many moving parts and pieces and i do think and this is true of of xbox it's definitely true of playstation and certainly true of nintendo there is an over-reliance on content creators to deliver information. And that is, I think, dangerous because the right content creators used incorrectly will turn on a game. I mean, Suicide Squad is a recent example in my mind because I know about it, but they had Shroud and a bunch of other people play it that weren't familiar with the end game and suddenly everyone's yeah. seeing you know, the bugs, the errors, and they're not seeing the best gameplay of it. And uh, when you see the wrong influencers content creators talk about something and it's not a controlled message you have an issue the the counterpoint to that that i think is very logical that we have to ask ourselves is do you want an overprocessed xbox podcast like they did with their business update mm-hmm. you know where it was very rehearsed very s- strict and rigid we really didn't get much new information nope. that we didn't already know and then within a week we had all that why why would why did that have to be a podcast why not blog post that you'll hear more in two weeks We hear you. You'll hear more later. Um, So there's an odd element there. And Xbox specifically is very close-knit with its community uh, of content creators that they don't tend to go out of very often, which I I personally am frustrated by. But then you have PlayStation where nobody can get contact with them. And that's a pretty regular spot. You had to be very big to get a contact of any kind. So I find that to be just, I think those are related problems. Left hand, right hand, letting content creators or influencers speak for you deliver information and that can be a problem also
2: it used to be 50 50 i'm sure you guys have seen this but development was 50 percent of the fund and then mm-hmm. pr was 50 percent. and we mm-hmm. saw with a couple games from sony in the last 10 years where it was actually 40 60 there was and call of duty had one that we saw the price and the the marketing was well above uh what the game's development cost and influencers are a cheaper way than putting your ad in the super bowl they're a mm-hmm. cheaper way and i we just talked about this this is such weird timing cuz we it, it wasn't about xbox we just talked about this on our podcast the exact same thing that um it makes sense to use them but you must inform them and get the right people and by the way i don't know if you guys uh, saw the snafu that happened with everspace 2 or yeah everspace 2 mm-hmm. everspace 2 was given to and and michael the the ceo was quite upset by this and tweeted about it that he had that the wrong influencers had gotten some of the the game for Mm -hmm. coverage. And he was mad at the PR. He wasn't necessarily mad, but he was upset that the wrong people got the wrong idea of the game because people who didn't know how to play the game or people who didn't know what type of game it was, were Mm -hmm. showing it. And there was a, there was a reaction that didn't really make a lot of sense. You know, you don't get an MMO guy to check out your new 2d fighter. It just, to me and you guys, it makes sense to them I think they're looking at numbers currently, and I'm hoping I agree with you. I'm hoping they look at that more closely and identify that, hey, if we're going to use people, which I don't even like in the first place, because you know me, I don't do sponsors at all. So it's Mm -hmm. like I've lost out on game coverage many times because they'll be like, we're going to fly you down. I'm all I'll pay for my flight. And they're like, no, we have to do this and that. I'm like, "Ah, not coming then. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to I don't want that kind of touch. So it's definitely a thing, man. It's a good point. I'm glad you made it because I think they have some growing to do. And the industry's changing dramatically into a weird wild west where they need to figure out how they do it and also have responsibility for truthfulness, even if it's subjective, but also the right people talking about the right things so that those people even know how to tell them it's wrong. It sounds bad, but sometimes you do need to get the expert to come up, and you, you every every company needs a Steve. We joke about it. Every company needs a guy who just says no, all the time, mm-hmm. like nope. And you have to explain it to this guy. That's what you need to do with the, your content creators. Instead of having them spread the word, sometimes you need to pull them aside and be like, seriously, could you look at this? Like, mm-hmm. truthfully, is this is is this stupid, or does this actually make sense? That would be useful.
1: Uh, Logan knows this. Selfishly, I start twitching with with frustration when i see certain interviews in the industry why x person or y person gets an interview and it's like they don't do their research they don't know what they're talking about they're not prepped right. and it right. really bothers me when i see selfishly again myself but then there are several others that are doing the research doing the grind and then they it gets given to somebody else who asks the wrong questions doesn't you are
2: not tooting your own horn either i want to give you a shout out so I do watch your stuff. I was watching you guys in the podcast last weekend or whatever, when I DM'd you and Thank then you. looking at your channel, dude, your interviews. I was laughing with the guys I'm, I was like, Hey, I'm going on the podcast. And I was like, dude, this guy's got interviews with what the, like I was looking through going, Oh my God. And so I was listening to him going, Oh, I know why. Because every time you do a good interview, dude, somebody sees the good interview. And I will tell you, keep cracking because I know you're twitching now, but people will notice that they will notice it. And it it takes a while, but even internally I'll hear from a PR person. Is there someone else that you think should cover a game? And I've definitely dropped you as well as some other people and being like, you might get this person because they cover in a way that is actually factual, even if it's not as happy, go lucky. So good on you, dude. You, you, I mean, you you have some insane interviews, man.
1: Thank you. That was beyond kind. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. All right.
2: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) truthful, man.
1: Thanks. Um, we so I'm going to switch gears now as we do kind of our smaller topics and then round out of here. Uh, I say smaller topic, who would have thought Elden Ring it has its DLC launch date of June 1st? Shadow of the Air Tree. I know people are going nuts for this one, I know I'll be jumping in on this one. Uh, Logan, remind, were you an uh, an Elden Ring person? I
0: don't care, you were not an Elden <laughs> Ring person. I, I love it. It's whatever, it's a FromSoft game. I don't care. You go, go do it. See, the games. Oh man,
1: I I love Elden. I don't do Souls titles very well. I'm not good at games anymore. I love Elden Ring. 150 plus hour. I love that game. I'm absolutely give me some going
0: accessibility. Out. Get out of here. Oh, I love that
1: game so much. Uh, Kara, how about you, man? Were you excited for this? I'm one? in
2: the middle. I'm a little bit above Logan in in caring <laughs> a little bit, but mm-hmm. I um, I like some of them. I don't like some of them. I think Elden Ring was genius in how it, uh, it introduced newer players, including mm-hmm. a bunch of people I know who uh, then went back to Dark Souls and, mm-hmm. uh, and other titles. So I'm very excited for that. And I love the idea of Shivering Isles, $40 sized expansions. I'm a huge fan of multiple size expansions. I think it's awesome to embrace $10 ones, 20, 40, and I think they'll probably deliver but I do not know if I will review it because I would have to go back to the game, get mm-hmm. good at the game, go to the middle of the game, go to the new place. And that is my one real problem is I don't know how I'm going to be able to experience that because it's, it's a pretty tight year. So mm-hmm. I want to jump in. and I'm excited for it, though. It looks great. Uh, it's got great new stuff that's coming. And everything I saw is exactly, I think, what consumers wanted from that. Mm -hmm. which isn't always true for some expansions you know sometimes you'll be like oh this isn't really what i'm interested in i think with elden ring they could have probably released a bucket helmet and people would be interested though
1: (laughs) i get phantom liberty vibes when i see shadow of the air tree this is going to bring a whole new people back it's gonna bring everybody in i think they're gonna
2: because like not with the the bad base of cyberpunk Correct. It's a good yes. point. Dude. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Correct. Good, good it point. De-
2: Logan. It launched
1: terribly. You
0: and Ainsley Bowden. Well, uh, I never fight said it this- launched. Ter- it didn't launch terribly. Okay, I said it's right. a good game regardless. Uh,
1: it, it, all right. Um, Avowed got a dynamic background on Xbox, which I thought was oh, fantastic. No. That that art is so beautiful. Yeah, that is such a cool key art. I maintain that game is going to be digital only, but uh, that art is cool. But Logan, you're still stuck in your craw. No Sea of Thieves dynamic background.
0: I mean, it's a it's a missed opportunity. Skull and Bones got a a dynamic background before Sea of Thieves. And and, and, and I'm looking at like super mega baseball and UFC manager. And I'm like, why do these have dynamic? Get your first party stuff sorted. They're busy. They're making it for PlayStation, man. They're tripping over bugs to get that game out uh, for other platforms and stuff
1: um do you guys see the battlefront collections coming in march 14th
2: yeah i thought that do you was see cool. who's making it though who is it aspire uh yeah like i don't that. um i don't mm-hmm. I, I don't even have like a overly knit. it's just there's a confidence level i guess would that be the that would be the nicest way of saying confidence level i really want it to be good their favorite games of mine so i'm crossing my fingers i'm really hoping i'm really hoping it l- launches it's
1: well, that's a, a, that's a fair cause for concern after Knights of the Old Republic. Um, and the, Aspire has put out, you know, Racer and a few of them. Um, I know I'm going to buy this regardless.
2: Oh, are you? Okay.
1: I know. I, I just know I am because it's Star I Wars and I, yeah. I hate that about myself. But, like, I'm buying that. I know I am. I don't know. I'm kidding. Uh, gents, I'm kind of kicking through on our smaller uh, stories here. Sony's going to be work, is currently working on bringing psvr2 to windows to bring it in line with MetaQuest 2 and 3 i thought that Mm -hmm. was kind of cool because we saw xbox put out uh their vr compatibility is that what it was not a vr person but i remember this from a few months back you could play xbox games via game pass on vr you can
0: access xbox app through MetaQuest. oh yeah you allows you to cloud stream games yeah i gotcha god forbid they put halo uh, Fireteam
2: Raven in VR—that'd be weird. Just or Halo, or or Gears Tactics. Yeah, just saying. Gears Tactics yeah. is one of my favorite games of all time. So I would love more Great shine game. we can get on Gears. Let's throw that onto a Switch or something. There you go.
1: I, I love that. I love that too. I need to beat that game. I need to go back and finish that because I loved that game. I love Gears. Um, let's see. Uh, We did have two listener questions. I'm scrolling on down here, gents. Uh, This one came from Todd Oxtra. He's a patron. He wrote this one in over on our Discord. He says, Any thoughts on the rumors for an all white digital series X? Do you think it's coming instead of the leaked cylinder all digital series X? Uh, This was a link. Sorry, pardon me. This was a rumor put out by Exputer. They've put out some credible leaks in the past. Um, It looked to me like a prefabbed, like just mock up that somebody Mm -hmm. on the internet did. Of have a, just a white series X, but, um, in general, an all digital series X doesn't bother me in the slightest. I don't know that I, I feel like it's absolutely on its way here, but I don't know that I'm going to rush to purchase one because I already have a series X unless there's a big kick up in functionality somewhere. I'm not going to buy one of them. I don't think maybe unless it says halo on it. We'll see. I don't know.
0: What do you guys think? I I I have two Series X's, so I'm I'm good on this. Uh, if they, I wish instead of like the optical drive, I keep I keep glancing over to my Xbox. Um, I wish instead of the optical drive, if they could just take that space, keep the form factor, and just shove as many little SSD card MBMEs in there as they possibly can. I don't care how cheap they gotta make them; just rate it all together and. Have like a really beefy hard drive system for those. I think that would be great. You know, I would I would say like a digital Xbox Series X would be fantastic if it had like a ten gigabyte hard drive system set up terabyte. in there. Terabyte.
2: terabyte, terabyte, terabyte. Yeah,
0: ten terabyte.
2: Because it feels uh, like ten gigabyte right now. It does. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> if
0: they had like a ten terabyte hard drive in there, I guarantee you people would buy that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't have to ever worry about hard drive space on this thing ever.
1: That is that is not a bad thought, too, because I have that I bump even with the like the Seagate expansion card, mm-hmm. which I sold a kidney to buy um, and bouncing between my X and X, X and S from downstairs upstairs kind of thing. Uh, that thing still fills up. It still fills up because games are so big. Um, and maybe it's because I play Cod, but still so big. Um, Carrick, anything for you? Would you want a new series X to digital?
2: No, I don't buy based on any design ever. I don't mm-hmm. buy pro, I don't buy any like Spider Man PS5s. Um, I, I just go with the base unit. I do think the FTC leak made it pretty clear that they do have one coming, and mm-hmm. the cylindrical one will probably be white. Mm-hmm. That's that, that. I mean, just looking at the idea, Microsoft, uh, one bonus to Microsoft kudos to them is if you look at their cooling and how they did it, they actually did a, an incredibly good job with the one fan at the end, pulling heat. So I think a cylinder one doing the same thing is, you know, it makes sense. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I, I don't see any, I don't see any na- or any like chance that that's not going to happen. And I agree with Logan that uh, it would be great because the price on the Seagates are so expensive that mm-hmm. throwing some, inter- you know, getting a two terabyte or two, two terabytes or whatever inside would still be cost saving in the long run. If you Mm -hmm. are thinking of ever expanding your storage, uh, for a a new consumer, I don't know who they're selling it for. I would assume it's to also offset cost. So the chance of the hard drive being bigger is probably small, unfortunately, but I think it's the typical sort of not die shrink in this one, but sort of the let's get the hardware making a couple bucks per, you know, per system if possible, or losing less per system being sold possible
0: i think it's a big miss that they uh that they they had an opportunity to really cash in on the color aspect of the systems like we have the uh, the uh, the white xbox series s which is Mm. has got the 500 gigabytes and they came out with the black version which had the one terabyte they should have had the uh series x or the series s that's the black version that should have had a disk drive in it Mm. and had the same size hard drive and that way they could come out with a series x that was a white version mm. that didn't have the yeah, uh right. that didn't have the disk drive in it they have the white ones being digital
1: mm-hmm. all right it's fair
0: um i i'm curious
1: about the cylinder cylindrical element or not because they just started doing the xbox wraps those wraps that are like cosmetic. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that came and went with Starfield. We haven't heard about them since. So maybe that's a thing. Maybe it was a tested market that just didn't do well. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: It was was them compromising on not wanting to do a full-on Xbox Series X custom Starfield console like they did with the Halo Infinite one. Like they just... They did that one in... For whatever reason, they haven't done any since. And... They're, they're more than happy to do it for series S, but you're not going to sell starfield on a series S you're going to sell starfield on a series X. That's true.
2: Also, there's a competition there that a lot of people don't talk about. I use them. There's stickers of all kinds that people can buy that aren't as cool as the shells, but they cost nine bucks, 19 bucks. Mm. So if somebody wants to outfit theirs, I have one around mine. That's just like a starfield. It's not starfield. It's just a starfield around mm. my Xbox series X. And it was $9. And so at some point there's your, the competition for those shells, they're a little exp- They're not expensive, but when you see competition of all kinds, Microsoft's probably looking at that and just like, you know, we'll do it for specific things. Maybe I, I I like the idea of the Starfield one, but until we get another exclusive, I don't see them doing one, you know, or they'll just make printable ones, right. Where you can customize it. Like, can customize a Xbox and you can pay. Mm-hmm. That's
1: a good point. That's a really good point. Carrick, our last question is for you specifically. It comes from Clint Coombs, one of our patrons. Uh, he wrote in over on Threads. He says, uh, "You always have some great comedic analogy in your reviews when describing something. Does it take a while for you to write your reviews, uh, or does it come pretty naturally?" Thanks, and love your videos.
2: Thank you. Uh, I do not write the video scripts at all. Whoa! I go off the cuff, which we found out recently when I had a glitch in the Final Fantasy VII review, and I repeated the content that what I was talking about but I had glitched out and you can tell I say it in a completely different way and it's just like because it's just me talking I take notes the analogies are because I'm old the older you get the more analogies you gather the more the more examples you can have but I definitely appreciate it it is fun and I like to talk about games in a goofy way even if I'm tearing a game up because a game is terrible I actually for the most part never think that the dev is trying to make a terrible game they don't wake up and go dude I got a plan today. We're going to really nail how crappy this game is. Like we're mm-hmm. really going to do it. So teasing the game and analogies work the best, I think for people to be able to understand it, but at the same time, have a good time where they're talking about something that may be uncomfortable for them. It may be a game that they love or w- love the idea of. So, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm glad you like the videos. It's they're fun to do, man. If it, if it ever stops being fun to do, I will be gone.
1: Well, that is a perfect place, I think, for us to kind of start wrapping up our episode here. Um, Listeners, we are grateful to have all of you with us along for the ride. Uh, Carrick, would you let people know where they can find your content if they're unfamiliar? I can't imagine they listening to XCP and don't know ACG, but uh, do indeed let people know where to find you.
2: Yeah, Jeremy Penter on Twitch at Jeremy Penter. And then it is still Angry Centaur uh, Gaming on YouTube because you can't, you know, you can't change it. Uh, And then... We have a Reddit uh, ACG vids on Reddit where we do all of that, and I have a patron, um, Angry Centaur Gaming, as well. I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not very good at pimping my own stuff. I always forget my own addresses, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you get a chance, stop on by. But regardless, everything will always be free on YouTube. So appreciate anybody watching.
1: There we go. There, Logan. I would imagine you've got a quite a bit kind of uh, happening over at C, at Sea of Thieves Central at Keelhauled.
0: Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, the community episode this uh, today, later on today, I'm going to be recording with uh, my patrons to talk about uh, what we kind of talked about and get their gauge on it because they're, you know, we we see the industry for what it is, but um, they're mostly just everyday gamers just having a good time and stuff. So I'm going to be very curious to get what their thoughts are on that for this week's episode of Halt. And then outside of that, I'll just be playing Helldivers with Joe from time to time uh, in their Trophy Room podcast, but I'll be probably an XEP for a majority of the time if you guys uh, want to come chat.
1: There we go. There we go. Uh, listeners, you can look forward to Logan's review of the Turtle Beach South Ultra Controller. I've got interviews with two different indie devs that I'm working on over the next few weeks. Uh, they're release date dependent, though, so they may not launch right away. Uh, and then we are doing our community episode for patrons of XCP coming up in the next week or so. So if you're not uh, in the Patreon and you'd like to be, go ahead and check out patreon.com slash Xbox expansion fast beyond that. Uh, check us out on socials, have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care. Bye. Bye.